Hey, welcome along, everybody. Great to see you. My name's um, Ash. I'm one of the pastors down at Christchurch. If you're along for the first time and you don't recognise uh, my ugly mug, uh, that's who I am. Uh, we're continuing in our series, um, Comfort in Hardship, and we're really digging around uh, to see what God's got for people um, in difficult times of life. And this this story we're looking at today, um, the text that, that's before us today, if you if you following along with your Bibles in your hands or you can if it's, if it's before you on the screen or you're just trying to mull over what it means it's essentially um, in a lot of ways it's a story about promises um, the big promises that Jesus makes the big promises that God um, brings before us um, but at the same time I think I think anyway it's also about beauty um, it's a little bit about it's a little bit about how we long to be beautiful I think it's a little bit about how we long to see uh, something beautiful and it's probably a little bit more or maybe it's even a lot more about the way in which beauty is kind of a drug um, that will always uh, keep us. Beauty is innate to us, isn't it? It's sort of deep down in our DNA. One of the one of the things that people are saying a lot at the moment is well, that we're talking about the first thing that we're going to do uh, when when lockdown's over and one of the first things that people are saying they're going to do is they're going to run up and have a party or hug um, family and friends you know we've got this big idea of what it's going to be like uh, when it's all over haven't we uh, sort of before us um, I don't think I don't think that's the first thing that we'll do uh, judging by my my barnet which I've just caught out the side of my head there um, but I think I think collectively one of the first places we're going to go before we hit the party, before we hug even our close friends, we're going to be down at the salon. We're going to be down at the barbers. We're going to be at the beauticians. You know, we're going to we're going to get down there straight away, and they're going to look over our shoulders into our eyes, and we're going to be almost embarrassed <laughs> about the way that we look because it really matters that we're beautiful, doesn't it? Beauty matters. It matters that we look beautiful. It matters that we look as good as we can. And we've spent the last I don't know, we spent most of our lives looking 20% better than we actually do because of the help of beauticians and salons and people like that. So beauty uh, really matters. And it's not just it's not just um, in our physical persons uh, that it matters, but it's also, it's also about our stuff. We like beautiful things. We make our houses as ornate as we can. We hang pretty pictures we we on our walls we buy the nicest looking scenes that we can grab and we stick them on our walls we even watch shows about other people's houses to admire how beautiful they are and when you reach um when you reach my age 40 and up i think this applies to you'll even drive around the country and you'll dig out your map and you'll look at these little blue dots in the map that on my map anyway that speak of a beautiful view and you'll drive around and you'll collect these views and you'll take a selfie because there's something, yeah, there's something deep and innate about beauty that we want, we desire, we chase after. Now you go, like, why, if you're watching in, like, why is this? Maybe, maybe you can dismiss any of this thinking. You can just say, well, we just like the stuff. We just like the look of some stuff. It's really simple, Ash. We just, if it's shiny or if it's got long legs or whatever else it is, we just like, you know, we just like the look of some stuff. Maybe you think about it a little bit more deeply and you say something in our evolutionary biomechanical structure means we know that the the beautiful thing 
has got some benefits for us it means that we're more likely to progress as human beings maybe 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 that you'd reason that or maybe maybe this appetite this hunger this longing for beauty can only really come because the things that we're looking at or longing for were created by something perfect do you know that way you get this when you see like a mountain view or a, a sunset it's not just like you can collect it taking a picture feels a bit inadequate doesn't it something in your soul is moved something about the scene feels right feels beautiful feels like it speaks on a way different level beauty can do that can't it and paul writes uh, to the church at corinth in this letter and he wants them to grasp this is what he wants them to grasp he wants them to grasp how beautiful a thing they have inside the promises of christ jesus he says i want you to know that this life that you've picked up this message that you've heard from me this life that you're living out now this is the most beautiful lens with which to look through the world that exists and, and the way that he makes his argument so this is kind of the bulk of the text he uses the argument if you thought it was good in the old days think about how good it is now that's his line of reasoning so that's if you if you want to look down through the text um sort of verse seven you know right through to the end really it follows that pattern he sort of says look out look how it was in the old days the stories that you know think about how good that was think about how good it is now and he, so he uses the story of moses he says do you remember when moses met god on sinai do you remember that that magnificent moment and after meeting him and and learning about his ways some of that glory rubbed off on him after spending time up on sinai after encountering a holy god and and i think the 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 image that pops into my head and again this is this applies more if probably 35 40 up is of charlton heston coming down i think i think the film's called the most beautiful the greatest story ever told i think that's what it's called it might be called something else maybe you can message in if i've got the film title wrong it wouldn't be the first time and there's that moment where charlton heston comes down from the clouds and he went up pretty good looking he's a he's quite the good looking gent any but his hair's kind of blonde and what happens to him is what all what all guys about my age hope that's going to happen to them the graying process ends up being a beautiful thing not a not a, not a ter- not a terrible curse and he comes down he's kind of george clunified if you know what i mean he comes down off the mountain and he just looks spectacular and that's i guess how the hollywood producers uh, try to get us to picture it but i guess the reality of it is that something see there in verse 7 something of his person meant that the people looking at him you see see in the text see in verse 7 something of his aura something of the experience of him being up that mountain with with the holy god rubbed off on him it was so awesome it was so amazing and it meant that the people couldn't even couldn't even look at him i can't really get my head around what 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 he must have looked like but something about his person had such an aura of godliness maybe even of holiness that the people couldn't look at look at him and 
what Paul's saying to the people here is, he says, do you remember how awesome that situation was? Do you remember how good that was for Israel? Do you remember how, how, how life was for them? Do you remember how great that was? That they had God really close, that he dwelt with them, and they knew him in that sort of tangible way. Do you remember how awesome a thing that was? Do you remember how Moses' face changed having seen him and how that rubbed off on us? Do you remember that whole thing? Do you remember how awesome that was? And Paul says to the Corinthians, remember that? Awesome as it was, the only thing it could do, ultimately, check it out in verse 9, the only thing it could do, ultimately, by the time you get to the end of the New Testament, Old Testament rather, was burn them up, was condemn them, was expose the fact that they couldn't really live holy lives. The people were on their knees by the time you get to the end of the Old Testament. And awesome though it was, and check this out in verse 13, awesome though it was, Moses Moses ended up wearing a veil because the glory of God that came upon him, the glory of God that was there, ended up fading. So, so Moses has to face this kind of awkward reality. I mean, you read it and you kind of wonder, does he put the veil on to protect the people? That's not really what the commentators that I read say. They say that he, he put the veil on to kind of cover his own, maybe even his own ego has the glory of God sort of slipped away from him and it became evident that he was just a normal thing. You see, it was a temporary thing. And even even someone with the heart and the character and the history of Moses has got to find a way to cope with it. The, the temporary nature of life, living in a world that where things pass away, things burn up, things finish the way it feels to be a human being it can break us can't it the fact that we've got looks for a while and then they leave us the fact that we've got this beautiful human body this healthy thing uh, that's going to fail and fade um, the temporary nature of our good works the fact that we can do really kind things and um, but we live lives as human beings where we, we wonder what you know what happens to them do they just disappear up into thin air what happens and we can feel i think sometimes a bit like moses we're just trying to figure out a way to get through this life that is temporary that can break our hearts and paul says to the to the church at corinthians and to us who face who live in the reality of that a world that feels temporal he says to us, and I think if you, so particularly verse 18, if you jot down to verse 18, but the second half of this passage, if you actually grasp what's been said here, the promises that are here for us, they're just incredible promises. He says it's possible. First part of verse 18, he says it's possible to live a life with an unveiled face. That's the terminology that he uses. He says it's possible not to have Moses' hang up. It's possible not to need to worry about the way that you're going to have to guard yourself about the hurts that can come your way in this world it's possible verse 18 it's possible for this body of yours that feels like it's fallen to bits that feels very temporal that feels very vulnerable at the moment it's possible for this body of yours to get more 
check it out more and more like gods more and more beautiful not just physically but in action and character it's possible uh, that the kind actions that are done with good intentions in this world won't just disappear into dust but they'll be worked out in a perfect way it's possible that the beautiful views that you've seen you can't get out and see at the moment and you think will i ever get back there will get better and better and better and exist in a way that means you can see them and gaze on them forever even in even this is what paul says even in really rough times even in times that we're in now even when we can't get out of the house even when our health is vulnerable and failing because the journey this is the gist of what he's saying because the journey that we're on starts with the promises of jesus christ then they're going to end in heaven and we are wherever we are on our faith journey we are somewhere between those two pillars and it's going to be there is hope that exists there it's going to be beautiful but here we go this is not the reality for us and there is there is kind of a warning between the lines of these texts to use paul's language if we're not able to embrace the promises that come that are new that come with jesus christ if we're not able to imbibe them if we don't get them let's say if we are living with a cold heart to god's love if we are bound by the letters of the law and not by the spirit of the law if we live out our lives like like we're owed summit or if or if we own if we remain people that only ever do good uh, because we're fueled by hope of good in return if we remain like that if if we if we don't embrace this new covenant not that we feel live in the old covenant but if we just disregard this new covenant paul says that paul, paul speaks of israel and he says look they were just check it out verse 14 he says they were they were dull to god's love he talks about them having hearts that were that were covered verse 15 he said the real beauty of the real beauty of of human existence couldn't quite be realized because they couldn't embrace the new promises that come with god but it's possible for us it's possible for the corinthians this is the the gist and the nature of the letter it's possible for them because they have what do they have they have a new spirit verse 18 it's possible how is that possible for them how is it possible to get a new spirit it's possible because they recognize that it's not it's not their own actions or their own efforts or their own views of the world that can make them right but it's jesus blood that makes them right it's possible because as jesus promised inside this covenant he's never gonna leave them he's never gonna forsake them he's never gonna forsake us realizing the beauty of this world is possible because god is never gonna leave us on our own he says i'm gonna stay with you i'm gonna forgive you when you mess it up i'm gonna be near you when you get to the point where you're doing ugly horrible things i'm not gonna if, if you if you abide in my covenant if you abide in my promises if you stay there then i won't leave either i'm gonna keep forgiving you i'm gonna keep working at you i'm gonna keep reshaping you because you're on a journey verse 18 
to a good place with me, a better place. And he says to the church at Corinth, and he says to us, and I think this is the joy of this promise. He says, he says to them, look, you've already, you've already started on this journey. This is the reality for you. It ends in a heavenly spaces, but you've started. I'm not going to leave you. So, and this is language that we that kind of feels a bit distant for us as Christians sometimes. And how to realize as Christian people, he says, verse 12, he says, we can be very bold. He says, we can have great confidence. He says, there's great freedom for you. Here's what I'd say about beauty. Here's what I'd say about realizing the promises of God. Maybe you're listening into this and you're thinking, just don't really care. Hearing the Christian message, I just don't, I don't know, it hits a brick wall with me. It doesn't really get very far. So here's what I'd say about beauty, living inside of the promises of God. Maybe just to get you to think a bit deeper about what it means, about all what it can mean. I don't think you've really ever experienced the full beauty of a mountaintop view, of a sunset view, unless you've seen it. Not just because it kind of looks nice in your eye, or unless you've seen it knowing that somebody shaped it and somebody formed it just so that you would marvel at it, just so that you'd look up at it, you would look up at it and gaze in awe and ask a million questions about the world. I don't think you've ever really experienced the beauty of the peace of an ocean view unless you look at it like chilling out on your holiday with your nice cocktail drink by your side and the good book in your hand. I don't think you've ever really grasped the beauty of that moment unless you've done it knowing that all of the turmoil in the world that exists, all of the stuff that's going on or that can go on in the future, God has got it. God's got it. I don't think you've ever experienced the full beauty I don't think you can ever really experience the full beauty of a kind action, of like a lovely humanitarian gesture, unless you do it knowing that in God's perfect timing, if this gesture is done in love, if this gesture is done as part of his will, then it will be worked out to completion in his time. I don't think you ever really appreciate even how beautiful somebody is maybe even how beautiful you are unless you can see yourself knowing that god loves you like you're his child we're never going to get how beautiful life with god is we're never going to appreciate it unless we can look at ourselves and realize that god loves us more than anything else and then even in the worst of times you'll be able to find beauty. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I hope that you've been blessed so far. And uh, 
that you'll be continued to be blessed as we have a chat through this together. Um, please feel free to message in about any questions or comments you have using the Facebook page or the email hello at xchurch.org.uk. Ash, thanks very much for uh, speaking to us about that passage. Um, quite, quite an incredible thing, isn't it? That the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Like, what an what an amazing new covenant to to belong to. That uh, a real uh, great thing to to celebrate and uh, have confidence in. Uh, I I wonder. I was thinking about Moses, and I was wondering, man, his brain would be completely blown away by the fact that. God's plan was for his spirit to to live to live in us. What do you think? How, how do you? Uh, what do you think Moses was think would have thought of the fact that that was God's plan? He was used to God being so contained, I guess, in one sense, in a tabernacle, and he gets to live in us. Yeah, it's it's just an amazing journey how God works out salvation, isn't it? You've got. You've got Moses who goes and receives, as Paul describes it here, something which is glorious. It's beautiful because the law that he received reflects the nature and the character of God. So it's beautiful. It's it's perfect. It's wonderful. But at the end of the day, it only condemns you. Um, and yet it's beautiful. It's still beautiful. And then the God who is just so inaccessible because of that holiness and beauty comes and dwells with us i mean I, it, you know in in one sense i suppose that transformation was why jesus was so difficult to accept yeah because the change that was brought about was just unbelievable yeah yeah, yeah it's a lot of news to take in isn't it i guess if you're hearing if you've had a thousand years of um, Hebrew history in you and you've had the rich stories of how fastidiously the people needed to guard the temple and needed to look after the temple and you know the extremities that they went to keeping sacrifice making sacrifice and all of all of that kind of ritual for somebody to turn around and say with good reason because because anybody that looked at God was just you know, turned to dust because God was so holy and so perfect. You know, it mm. it would have been, it would have been, inc you know, I don't know how Moses would have ever received that kind of, he would have <laughs> just said it's not, you know, if you asked him as he got to the bottom of the Sinai, he would have just said, no, there's no way that that can happen. And yet, um, in a sense, it's the, as, as we read the Bible, it's the only way um, for people really to, to be able to, have a perfect relationship with God is that he is that he can dwell with him is that he can you know because outside of that it's just it's perfect rules great rules you know the law was perfect but still um only exposes mm. the fact that we we can't dwell with God you know so yeah it, it, it had to happen and it I weighs think, it weighs heavily as well I think at the same time you've got Hebrews that talks about um the saints of old the those in the Old Testament who who looked forward in faith, and I suppose that they there was something they they looked through a glass 
dimly, that they didn't see clearly. But there was always an anticipation that this God is going to do something more. Mm-hmm. And and that's where we live, I suppose. <laughs> In one sense, all of the speculation about what eternity is going to be like is, is, is we've got to be cautious with that sometimes because our God does amazing, surprising things. All we know is it's going to be way better than, mm-hmm. than we could ever imagine. And But when you think about the transformation that comes about, as you said a minute ago, Ash, that all of the message up to up to Jesus was, if you look on God, you'll die. And then that is completely reversed because the message now is the only way you can live is to look on God in Jesus. Yes. So, so that that's mind blowing, isn't it? But then, again, yeah, go on, Jude. Sorry. It, but it gives power to what Jesus did, doesn't it? Yep. It kind of Absolutely. when you understand that, it's like wow, that Jesus' death was so significant yeah. beyond what we could ever imagine. Absolutely. Know? But you've got this journey going on all the time that that the God of the Old Testament, the the unknown, the unseen God, the God who we still do not see, and yet we see in Jesus, um, is always preparing us for Jesus. And then Jesus is always preparing us for the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we, we have momentary references to the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but it's Jesus that makes it clear and says, this Spirit I'll send to you that will dwell within you. It just incredible isn't it yeah and we see in the old testament the holy spirit is still there and Mm. consistently uh, there bringing life i think Mm. that's a kind of clear picture Mm. that we see throughout Mm. scripture so Mm. you know in creation we see his spirit giving bringing life and um, and and things like that and so when we i I love that verse verse 18 he talks about um that we are being transformed by the spirit that the spirit is bringing life you know to us now and in my heart I'm like yes I'm being transformed by the spirit that lives in me and then I have that kind of slight sinking feeling of am I really is is that is that my reality and there seems to be such a a wrestle with that that being transformed by the spirit and living in this kind of tension reality is that just me <laughs> to you guys oh, I uh, the, yeah but you can i think you can see it in the letter actually in both the corinthians letter i think one of the things that paul's saying is the wrestles there um because because you've already started down the journey in some respects you you are these people who've accepted you know they're catching up with their theology a little bit you know they've, they've already accepted christ this i mean you know god's spirit is is within them and so in a sense they are being they, they, it's going to happen for them and it's the same way it's going to happen for, for us who, who by faith believe in what Jesus said we are on that road to being changed and so there's going to be uh, in to, to my mind there's got to be wrestle because of the momentous thing that's happening if God's temple dwells within me somehow this thuggish Yorkshireman who you know doesn't know right from left half the time and struggles to be good and full of pride and all the rest of it. If 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 that's going to actually happen, then of course it's going to be it's going to be a wrestling match until I get to 
eternity until I get to glory. It's got it's got to it's got to kind of be that way, I think. But and the great news is it's the spirit that's wrestling. I, I he's he's hits the spirit that's working it out in us, isn't it? It's the spirit that's doing the job. And I think sometimes we we fall into the trap of feeling as if we've got to do the work as opposed to trusting the work that's being done. Uh, and that's that's often about. I'll tell you one thing I hadn't noticed before until you went through it today. Moses has this momentary um, experience of God, and the glory of God is marked on Moses, but it 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 ebbs away, so he veils himself. And it, I think one of the verses it says, so that so that they won't see what is declining. Mm. and and that's completely the opposite isn't it with the transforming work of the spirit the transform the, the momentary experience of coming to faith in jesus that some of us know when that moment is others of us don't know when that moment is it works the other way it's an increasing glory rather than a decreasing glory which yeah. is an amazing amazing work that god's doing um uh, yeah i th i think the faith is that we're going to be transformed which is grace yeah and that that's grace isn't it that we will yeah. be transformed even though we still mess up <laughs> that yeah. that's the the wrestle and the grace isn't it yeah yeah absolutely that, that actually whilst we whilst god's spirit works in us we are still able to make mistakes, but that's not stopping his transforming power. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a yeah. that's a real grace there, isn't it? That yeah. God works because God works. Yeah. And I think that's back to what we were saying last week, wasn't it? When we were discussing what we do and who we are and um, how God building our character is really what his, his primary objective is. Yeah. Um, and that we become yeah. rad radiant with God's character mm. uh, in that. So I guess the whole time, though, the, the, and this is a bit of a Holy Trinity observation, but I guess the Spirit is, I mean, what's it doing? Why is God this helper? It, I think it's, well, I'm not saying this, this is not my thinking, Paul, you've told me this over and over again, that it's really showing us <laughs> Jesus, you know, exactly who Jesus is and making that really clear. And in, and in us learning those sort of revelations that's going to have a that will be changing us that will mm. be us grasping what mm. grace is because yeah. there may be a sense in which you can't ever like i wonder really can you ever without that story without the story of the cross would the human race forever just be going yeah i don't really know we just have to have inadequate and acronyms or whatever just for the whole time and never really mm. grasping what it is without being able to go yeah read that gospel story and then go from go from there that's what that's what grace is completely unmerited yeah. love that can sustain you not just not just sustain you to do actions but can actually ridiculously shift your heart to a different place you know mm. that, I think that's, yeah absolutely that's and and that transformation as a direction the last verse that you read is that we're being transformed into the image of jesus so so it's not like we're just being made good so john opens up the 
the message of Jesus. He says, we've see, seen his glory. So the presence of Jesus is the glory of God. And then Paul says, we're being transformed into that glory, which mm. is, which, which makes sense of grace, um, that there's a direction of grace. And I think somebody's asked, what, what is grace? And there's a really, it's a, it's a really helpful thing to, to just keep in, fairly simplistic maybe, but grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. And what is God's riches is the beauty of Jesus. And we get transformed into the beauty of Jesus at the expense of Jesus. That That's grace. Uh, we don't deserve it. it it's not that it, God has shown us mercy, mercy, but mercy is that we're just not, we're not punished. We, we end up in a, in a fixed state of not being punished. Grace is the bit that takes us on and moves us to receiving something that we don't deserve, which is amazing. And that it's by, is, sorry, go oh, sorry. I'm just going to say it's by God's spirit that we are yeah. able to testify to that. Yeah, we wouldn't be absolutely. able to say that without God's spirit at, at so, work in us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes well, we, we've got to say it to ourselves because we don't feel it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. What were you going to say about that last verse, Ash? It's a, it's a it, cracker. It's a cracker, um, and it's true, and I hold that it's true, but the rea the grasping the reality of it, I think. Living in a world that doesn't always feel that glorious or that beautiful, or that, it's, that it can possibly be heading in that direction, and living in a body which feels like it can't possibly be heading in that direction, and yet I, that's one of the verses that I hold, I have to hold to and go, mm. yes, God is, God is calling me there he's enabling me there by his mm -hmm. spirit mm -hmm. i'll get i'll get there as will you know as will many others as will his people in the end but it, yeah it doesn't make it any it i think i could live a thousand years and still look at it daunted um, by the realities of it yeah yeah i mean that's incredibly pastoral isn't it what what paul's doing there he's helping people in their experience understand who they are come to terms with who they are day by day uh, and live like that. Yes, good. I hope that you are all encouraged that uh, no matter what's going on in your lives this week, that God's spirit is at work in you and is taking you to a place and transforming you along along mm. that journey. Mm. Um, and uh, yes, God bless you. Paul, would you maybe just... Uh, closing prayer for us yeah that's fine yeah thanks let's pray father we thank you for this beautiful uh, section of corinthians where paul gives the church two thousand years ago the encouragement that they are being changed mm -hmm. and that they're being changed because the holy spirit the promised comforter that jesus promised dwells within the church at corinth and we thank you that that same spirit dwells within us today. We thank you that we are being changed. Uh, we pray for every one of us sharing today, maybe coming to terms with whether we, whether we want to even consider the possibility of being changed and putting our faith in Jesus. We pray that you would continue to work in our hearts so that we do. And if we if we've trusted you for years, Father, we pray that you would continue that work of making us 
more like Jesus by the power of your spirit and allowing us to trust that you are doing that work. We live in such uncertain times and we pray that the hope of Jesus might spread uh, in our hearts, in our communities, and that you would be a merciful God as we turn to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, thanks for joining us. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.